Our scripture passage this morning for us bigger kids is in James chapter 1. So if you have a copy of God's Word, please join me in James chapter 1 as we continue our series in the book of James. James is a very practical book, a very good book for giving us instructions. And uh, as you're probably guessing, we're going to be talking about anger this morning. And uh, James has some very good information to share with us about being angry. Well, our passage this morning begins in verse 19, again of James chapter 1, verse 19. And uh, if you have a copy of God's Word, please follow along. If not, you can look up here on the screen and uh, follow along as I read it. So, we're beginning in verse 19, and here's what James says to us this morning. My dear brothers, and we can add sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. For man's anger does not bring about the righteous life that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and the evil that is so prevalent, and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Here ends the reading of our passage this morning. There's a story about an actor who was playing the part of Christ in a passion play. As this actor carried the cross up a hill, a tourist began to heckle him and make fun of him and shout insults at him. Finally, the actor had taken all he could take, and he threw down his cross, and he walked over to the tourist and punched him in the face. After the play was over, the director told him, I know he was a pest, but you just can't go and do those things. Besides, you're playing the part of Jesus, and Jesus never retaliated. So don't go do that again. Well, the actor promised he'd control his temper and that it wouldn't happen again. But the next day, the heckler was back worse than before. He held out as long as he could, but finally the actor threw down his cross. He exploded, and he walked over to the guy and punched him in the face. Well, the director said, that's it. I have to fire you. We just can't have you behaving this way while playing the part of Jesus. Well, the actor begged. Please give me one more chance. I really need this job, and, and I can handle it if it happens again. So the director reluctantly decided to give him another chance. Well, the next day, he was carrying his cross up the street again. And sure enough, the heckler was there once again. You could tell that the actor was really trying to control himself, he was clenching his fist. He was grinding his teeth. And finally, he put down the cross. He walked over to the heckler, and he says, I'll meet you after the resurrection. Well, this morning, we're going to be talking about anger. And James's instruction here this morning, as we read in verse 19, is a command. He doesn't really reflect that as you look at the English language, but if you dive into the Greek, we find that this... Uh, passage here, James chapter 1, verse 19. Verse 19 is in what they call the imperative tense, the imperative tense. And what does that mean? That simply means that it's a command. An imperative is a command. 
And so James is bringing a command to all of us this morning. He says, first of all, I want to command you to be quick to listen. And then he says, I also want to command you guys to be slow in speaking. And then lastly, he says, let me command you to be slow in becoming angry. So this morning we're talking about anger. I want to share three elements of anger with you this morning. If you have a copy of the bulletin there on the back page, there is an outline to follow along with. Uh, the first thing that I want to share with you, and for the first element regarding anger is this. Anger is neutral, okay? Anger is neutral. I tried to kind of convey that to our young people as they were up front. Anger is like that rock, okay? You can use it for good or you can use it for bad. Emotion, anger is neutral. In fact, if you look at verse 19, what's the instruction? James says, I want you to become, I want you to be slow, okay, slow in becoming angry. So James does not rule out anger at all. He doesn't say, hey, do not do it. He doesn't do that at all. Rather, he says, I want you to be slow in becoming angry. So that raises the question, and here's the question for you. Is it okay to be angry, or is it a sin? Is anger okay, or is it a sin? Well, I want to propose to you this morning that anger is not wrong. Rather, anger is neutral. It's a neutral emotion. And that conclusion is based on Jesus' example. And I want you to look at Jesus' example. First of all, we're going to look in Matthew chapter 21. Uh, in Matthew 21, we find Jesus exhibiting anger. And he's demonstrating this anger and frustration as he, and here's what the passage says, as he enters the temple area. And as he enters the temple area, he, he drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, Jesus said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Jesus is upset. He's upset. Now in the Gospel of Mark, we find another illustration of Jesus' anger. In this particular setting uh, in, in Mark, we find that there is a gentleman who has a deformed hand. All right? For whatever reason, this man's hand is deformed. And those who are present at this particular setting are watching Jesus. It's a Sabbath, okay, it's a Sabbath. And uh, these people who are watching are asking, is Jesus going to heal this man with the deformed hand? Is he going to heal this man? And, uh, and like I said, it's the Sabbath. And what's so big about that, it's the Sabbath. That's a law. You're not supposed to work on the Sabbath according to the Jewish law. And so they're watching Jesus really close, and they're, gonna, they're asking, is Jesus going to work on the Sabbath. Is he going to heal this man's hand? Well, we pick up the story. Here's how the story comes to an end. It says this, Then Jesus asked them, Which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save life or kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts. Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Now, in each of these examples, we find Jesus perturbed. 
Jesus was angry with the attitudes and the behavior of certain people. Now, if anger is a sin, then Jesus sinned. The scripture makes it very clear that Jesus was without sin. So that leads us to conclude that anger is not necessarily, it's not going to be a sin. It's neutral. How we use our anger, okay, that becomes the question. So there's a couple other things I want to share about anger. In addition to being neutral, uh, anger is also, here's point number two, anger can be constructive. Anger can be constructive. Psychologists today have just classified uh, the way we handle our anger into two categories. So there's two categories of anger I want to share with you. The first category is assertive anger. The second category is aggressive anger. And here's a quote that I want to share with you. In his book, Good and Angry, Les Carter distinguishes the two. Assertive anger puts forward one's beliefs and values in a confident, self-assured manner. It is helpful and considerate of others. When used correctly, assertiveness is a positive trait. Assertive anger seeks to put forward what a person believes to be right. However, aggressive anger is used in an abrasive, insensitive way. There is little concern for the impact the anger will have on the recipient. Aggressive anger is a negative trait. Now let's talk about this assertive anger. Let me give you a couple of examples. Remember, assertive anger is not not wrong. An example of assertive anger would be the anger that we feel at the slaughter of millions of unborn babies. That stirs the emotion of anger within us. Now, what's assertive, what's good about that anger is because out of that anger comes the pro-life movement, right? Somebody did not like, was upset, was angry about what happened. Maybe it took some constructive steps trying to correct that awful thing. Also, Florence Nightingale, let me introduce you to her. Florence Nightingale was the founder of Modern Nursing, And she was angered by the terrible care British soldiers received when they were wounded. So she revolutionized nursing practices, saving lives of many wounded. Hear her anger. Florence Nightingale's anger was assertive. She did not like what was happening to the soldiers. And her anger motivated her to take positive steps in correcting and remedying the situation. You see, a good assertive anger stirs us to action. So we're talking about the constructive aspect of anger. Good anger stirs us to action. You see, God has given us this emotion as a tool to protect, protest evil, to mobilize us to action, to correct injustice, and to give us a passion for service. When we are angry about the things that anger God, we're on a safe track. So in Jesus' examples, we see assertive anger in action. Jesus saw evil. Jesus saw sin. And it motivated him to action. 
However, his action was not destructive. Rather, it was an action that was for the benefit of people, and it glorified his heavenly Father. That's the assertive kind of anger. So anger can be constructive. Here's point number three, or element number three regarding anger. Anger can also be destructive. Destructive. In addition to assertive anger that we just spoke about, there's what we call aggressive anger. Aggressive anger. Aggressive anger can be destructive. Aggressive anger is used in an abrasive, insensitive way. There's little concern for the impact the anger will have on the recipient. Aggressive anger is a negative trait. Now the Bible speaks quite frequently about the destructive nature of anger. Let's consider a few passages together regarding the destructiveness of anger. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 17 states, A quick-tempered man does foolish things. Poor decisions are made when anger is influenced. This week, as part of an exercise, I got on the internet and I googled this phrase. The phrase is, stupid things people do when angry. I googled that. Here's a couple of results for you. The caption is this, my blood knuckles are proof of that. He says, my knuckles are kind of bloody and all red right now. I got extremely angry tonight and I couldn't take it anymore. And I went outside and I just started pounding on the concrete of my house. Another caption says, my store is destroyed. Well, I've broken $1,000 worth of stuff when I'm fighting with my wife. Uh, at this date, I've broken two plasma TVs, two laptops. I've punched holes in numerous walls and much of other kinds of crap, he says. I've been to a cop station a couple of times, and I hate it. Proverbs says, a quick tempered man does foolish things. Proverbs chapter 15 tells us this. Look at it. The Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. The Lord is far from the wicked. Your anger becomes an obstacle in your relationship with God. anger becomes a wall in your relationship with God. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 26 through 27, share something very important. Take a look at those verses. The author brings a warning. Listen to his warning. He says this, In your anger do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Now that passage, passage there in Ephesians chapter 4 is loaded with a lot of good things that we could focus upon. Here's what I want you to take a peek at and look at and focus on. The part that says, do not give the devil a foothold. 
Do not give the enemy a chance to take your good assertive anger and turn it into aggressiveness. Don't let the devil get a foothold. And here's what it looks like. You begin with righteous anger at what has taken place, but then your anger deteriorates, begins to spin out of control into bitterness. And bitterness is this. I can't believe they did that to me. Okay, Bitterness internalizes. Then it moves from bitterness to resentment. What is different about resentment? Resentment, it begins to focus more outward. Remember, bitterness is about the self. I can't believe he did this to me. Oh, that kid. Resentment begins to focus outward. And it goes like this. I don't like them. And the person becomes the target. That's what resentment does. And as it spins out of control your anger, then you move into depression. You are now controlled by that person or that circumstance. All parts of your being are preoccupied with unforgiveness. And the result is depression. And then from depression, you move into despair. You begin feeling, what's the use? Who cares? You know, it's hopeless. That's despair. And then lastly, we move into suicidal thoughts. Suicidal thoughts. Don't give the devil a foothold for the enemy. Don't give the devil a foothold. Because scripture also tells us that the enemy comes and seeks to destroy and kill. So Satan's objective, the evil one's objective, is he wants to get the foot in the door. He wants you to lose control of your anger and let it spin out of control because he knows if he can get that root of bitterness going, it's going to move into resentment if it's not dealt with. He knows it's going to move into depression. It's going to move into despair. And ultimately, he says, all right, this is where I want to be. He wants you to take your life. This is how it works. You see, anger does not have to be a bad emotion. It can bring about constructive results. However, anger is one of those emotions that ends up controlling us rather than we controlling it. Because of our tendency as fallen beings, because of our tendency to succumb to anger, the Bible gives us numerous warnings. Many cautions are given regarding our anger. Remember, anger, anger is neutral. God created us with anger. And he wants us to use it in a constructive manner. But our frailty, our weakness, our sinfulness, man, we don't do a good job of handling it. That's why in Scripture we see so many warnings. Warnings like this. James says in Chapter 1, verse 19, he says, I want you to be slow in your anger, okay? Slow. Also in Ephesians chapter 4 there, Paul said this, don't let the sun go down on your anger. Okay, we got time frame there. Time is of the essence here. Also in four, Ephesians 4, Paul says this, do not give the devil a foothold. We just spoke about that. 
see, anger is not a sin, but the likelihood of crossing the line is great. Anger is neutral. It can be constructive. But the likelihood of anger getting a hold on us and becoming structive, destructive is big. It's big. That's why so many warnings. So when you begin to heat up, here's how you cool down. Ready? When you heat up, here's how you cool down. James says this, be quick to listen. That's step number one, be quick to listen. In my own life, the reason I'm all bent out of shape is because I didn't take time to hear the whole story. Okay? There was ten words I was supposed to listen to, but I only heard the first one, you. Okay? And I'm all ticked off. Take time listen. Step number two, be slow to speak. Be slow to speak. That's how you cool down. Take time to listen. Be slow to speak. Nothing good comes out of the mouth when you're upset, right? And we've heard many a times, you know, a more even more practically, okay, you're upset. Okay, we understand you're upset. Count to ten before you talk, right? Now, we're wondering, where in the world did they ever make that idea up? Count to ten. Well, it's got some biblical roots here, don't you think? What did James say? I want you to be slow to speak. So when you hear that again, take time, count to ten, count to a hundred, you know. There's some biblical ties here. That's good, good counsel for us as we wrestle with this Neutral emotion. It's not bad. It's not good. But we want it. We, we want to control it rather than it control us. So that's our instruction. Again, be quick to listen. Be slow to speak. Let's pray. God, we want to thank you for the practical, practicalness of James. James talks to us right where we're at as we we wrestle with this emotion. Lord, we want to say that's a bad emotion, but Lord, we've learned this morning that uh, you were upset, so it's not a bad thing. Anger is not a bad thing. Now, Lord, help us to be those individuals that we use it in a proper fashion. May we be quick to recognize it in our own life, and may we be quick to listen and slow to speak. Because, Lord, we want to be individuals that are controlled by the Holy Spirit, not by an emotion. Pray this in Christ's name.